0: There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state.
1: Explain to me what Wilfred Zaha means to Crystal Palace.
0: He texts me... The day my son was born. He texted me Did on my it? wedding day. Are you serious? No, this guy
1: is is top. Wow. Text me congratulations the day my son was born. In this episode, we're going to look at what have been the best free transfers in history as well as look at who the best free transfers are this summer. Funny old
0: career for Paul Pogba. His career could have been so different if he hadn't left Manchester United the first time.
1: Liverpool's free agent quartet. kater Firmino... Milner and Ox. If they bring in
0: Declan Rice and Gundogan, they can 100%, for me, still be there or thereabouts. I do think they are both game-changing signings for Arsenal.
1: Hello everybody, welcome back to the Ripple Effect, part two of our two podcasts with me and my boy, Daniel Cook otherwise known as HLTCO on Twitter and YouTube, crucially, and Patreon, even more crucially. It's everywhere. Keeping the lights on. Come on. Uh, we are going to talk about free agents here. And I, I have such an affinity with the old free agent because when it comes to FM, that was my go-to place. Every every summer. Go get yourself Aldair, 36 from Rome. He's just been released and he can be yours and change the, the future of Queen's Park Rangers. Anyway, uh, we're going to have a look at some of the great ones from the past. I actually asked you guys on Twitter and I'm, we're going to run through some of those. Daniel's going to put forward the, the greatest ever free transfer for Crystal Palace. And we're going to put forward some of the players or discuss some of the players that are f- going to be free agents in the next couple of days, I guess. And and there's going to be a lot of teams sort of looking to get them. Uh, so first of all, let's head over to Twitter because we've got some belters here. Thank you, everyone, who, who got involved. And if you're enjoying the podcast and uh, you haven't listened to the first one this week, uh, we're talking about the defining moments of the Premier League season. It was fascinating. Uh, so go check out that and follow the podcast, of course, as well. Uh, we'd massively appreciate it. Uh, so in terms of what is your team's greatest free transfer? The one that keeps coming up, and it was the first one I thought about, and actually I'm going to go straight to Thomas Martin. So I don't know if you know who Thomas Martin is. Thomas Martin is uh, is a very special person to me. He's Nigel Martin's son. Is he? And he watches, yeah, of course, Palace legend, yeah, right? Yeah, Nigel Palace Martin. legend. Yeah. Man, okay. And he said, the greatest of a free transfer was uh, Nigel Martin. I, th- I imagine, to Everton. So he's put forward his dad on that one, fair enough. But the, the one that kept popping up, Sol Campbell. That is, that is an iconic free transfer. It's a solid shout, yeah. For sure. How, how do you, where do you sit on Sol Campbell? Uh, I, <sighs> Sounds I mean, odd. I don't
0: want to wade in too deeply. You know, it's a very, very deep-rooted one, isn't it? Um, I, I have no opinion on Soul Campbell one way or the other. Really, I feel as though it's something that has sort of captured the imagination of both of those fan bases for very different reasons, and will be used forevermore by both of them for different narratives. Um, yeah, but well, I think get he, off the fence, Daniel, he, it was out of
1: order. <laughs> it was. I've got to be honest. It was naughty. It was naughty. But I think Soul Campbell's previously said that, like. You know, he wanted the contract that he wanted and, and wasn't able to get it. And so...
0: And it but Le- he could have gone somewhere else. It allowed Ledley King to become the guy
1: that he is. Exactly. But, he, I mean, he, he could have gone somewhere else, let's be honest. Uh, another big one, a lot of people talking about James Milner. We're going to talk about James Milner and the future uh, of him. Thiago Silva, we're going to talk about. Michael Balak. people putting forward. Denver Bar, we'll be discussing in a minute. Oli Carter goes, Serge Aurier has been crucial for staying up. I, I the shouldn't. greatest ever free transfer. Much better this one. Ben Mee, arguably player of the year. That is a good bit of business. That's ben Me, solid. That's solid a solid shout. bit of business. Yeah, he's a he's a he's a trivia question waiting to happen, isn't he? we Kakamara, A lot of people talking about him being fantastic this season. Uh, who else we got here? Edgar Davids or Teddy Sheringham? Who's the one for Crystal Palace then? Greatest ever free transfer.
0: I mean. I would probably enrage a lot of older Palace fans in saying this because I'm sure I'm forgetting someone further up the footballing pyramid for us but for me just off the top of my head Glenn Murray has to be that guy you know came in to Crystal Palace from Brighton scored 30 goals in getting us up we beat Brighton in the playoff semi-final scored so many goals
1: didn't he we, I couldn't we... understand it he was so I met him 2 weeks ago and he was an absolute legend like such a nice bloke, but all I could think about talking about, and I did in the end because he, he gave me a window. He spoke about Evan Ferguson and said how clever he is, He's, he said he can buy fouls. And I went, and then as soon as we finished that clip for ESPN, I was like, Can we talk about you buying fouls, Glenn? Because Glenn, Glen Glen Glenn Murray was iconic in terms of winning fouls. Savvy. I've never seen anyone do it like he does, him and Grant Holt, but he was. So infuriating. It's like, basically you see it now with right-backs when they go in the corner and they'll get the tiniest of touch and they go down and it's a guaranteed free kick. He used to do it time and again. He used to drive me mad. But I mean,
0: for us, in that promotion season, we had Bellassi on one side, had Zaha on the other, put him in the middle, Moritz behind him in the 10. It was just like shelling peas. peace. I, it was so good. Really? I, I can't even tell you. Because he was like a throwback striker. You know, just there... Just there, right? Yeah. yeah. But his but his movement was so criminally underrated. That's a podcast, you know. The the best just
1: there strikers. Like
0: So here's the thing. That Liverpool Joe 3 down. 3 draw with Dwight Gale obviously grabbing the headlines, people forget if you look at the highlights of that game, which obviously is iconic in Premier League history, the chest down from Glenn Murray into Dwight Gale's path is unbelievable <laughs> link man play. Really? You see, you, honestly, go back and watch it. Oh, well. it, it is unreal. Oh, it's fast. the perfectly. It's like a through ball chest. It's it's ridiculous.
1: Uh, yeah, great, great example. Of, yeah, not fast, not tall, not like had it up here. Yeah, he really did. A couple of others: Gareth McCauley. Uh, Puky. Oh, that was mm. a good shout. Puky's been very, very good. Pablo Zabaleta. Yeah, for sure. Barry Bannon. What a player! What a player, Barry Bannon. Palace as well. Yeah, you had a few of those little little guys. We you? love Barry. You he, love scored a a, he, he scored a massive
0: you? goal for us away at Hull.
1: Massive. Go uh, yeah, back mean, and watch that. He's as well. way too good for a League <laughs> One. That has to change. Uh, Peter Love and, Kranz and so many more. Right. Let's get into some ripple effecty free agents. Because free agents are a funny one, aren't they, guys? Hmm? Often they can be excellent deals for clubs who can pick up talented players with no transfer fee. But on the flip side, some of the players who run down their contracts at their clubs are made to be the villain. And that can sometimes shape the future of their career. In this episode, we're going to look at what have been the best free transfers in history, as well as look at who the best free transfers are this summer. And what does that mean for the landscape of the Premier League and your soul? Right. Past free agents, some of the most iconic ones in recent memory. Lionel Messi to PSG. Now, and we've touched on Sol Campbell briefly. I think Sol Campbell's certainly up there for sure. Uh, Zlatan was another one that was chucked up there. So Lionel Messi to PSG was... That felt so seismic, didn't it? That's exactly the word I was going to use. Was it? It really, like, it really did. So due to Barcelona's financial struggles, not being able to offer a contract to Messi, he moved to PSG for free. I sort of did a little bit of reading on this. And so the big thing was that in terms of the, the wages at your club shouldn't be above 70% according to La Liga. They were at 95% without Lionel Messi. So I did recently, I did Dream Teams with Freddy Ladapo, ex Palace. We're everywhere, mate. Yeah. And he was, <laughs> it's one of the best videos I've ever done, by the way. If you get a chance, go check it out Dream Teams, Ipswich Town. And these two are like going at each other, trying to get their players in the team. And he's talking about Messi against Ronaldo, I think. And he's a Ronaldo guy. And he's like, Messi's a snake. And I was like, "Well, how's his snake?" And then he's like, "Well, you should have gone for less money." And I was like, "Freddie, listen." And he just didn't want to hear it. But the fact is, obviously, when it's ninety five percent without Lionel Messi, there was just no way for Lionel Messi to be there. So he had to move. The move has has the move have the move been a success? No, no, it hasn't I, been, yeah. so there was that whole thing, wasn't there,
0: with with PSG's ultras? Mm. I, I think they very much are against the I call it Galactico model they, they don't like it they don't want these huge charisma filled personalities yeah. at least on the pitch <laughs> Sorry, not, no, no, <laughs> no, I, I've said, I've said no, that I'm and immediately, on immediately on that. <laughs> thought come on Dan but you're, on the pitch <laughs> on the pitch yeah, okay, th- their output that. from a footballing perspective they want young French lads in the team to, to build a, a, a more solid core and I their think.
1: academy is outrageous exactly and, right. and the
0: catchment area of Paris etc Sure, and I don't feel as though, I mean, it's obviously impossible to say they may well have gone on and won the Champions League and it is all, you know, ticker tape raining down on Lionel Messi's head. But I think it's sort of the sense of an ending in terms of that era of PSG now, because I think they are going to go down a different route. He has been the sort of last roll of the dice in terms of throwing that level of money at I don't think it's necessarily been a complete failure, Mm. but I do think that it sort of made them realise that it, it doesn't necessarily matter how much money you throw at something.
1: That's it. I, th- I think we've got to that ceiling, uh, certainly in the Premier League, but I think for kind of for PSG, who are playing within that those Premier League parameters when it gets to the Champions League, I think you're right. Lionel Messi, he did reveal that he chose to join PSG because he thought that offered him the best chance of winning uh, the Champions League for the fifth time. And uh, obviously that hasn't worked out very well. Would, does he do as well at the World Cup if he's playing for Barcelona because he would have played every minute of every game would you know and we talk about the percentages in football do you think he really put his foot on the gas prior to the World Cup when he' was at psg I think
0: but then I would argue that his age has probably led him to be that way anyway you know if he ends up going back to Barcelona I don't think he's going to be that all-action player
1: no he'll still go for his I always love this is like well, I saw it in Qatar. The walk mm. J- it just potters about for a bit until he wants to get involved. It's absolute, he can. yeah, and and I think look, the Barcelona move is the right move for him for for many reasons. But from a stylistic football um, point of view, the the sort of tempo will suit him like massively if he goes back there with their dominance of the ball. I also, think
0: it's, he, it's he walks interest. on water as far as their fans are concerned. It, yeah. it, it's love, isn't it? Because it, even though you've got a player like Messi, with all that he's achieved, he's not done it for PSG. And with a club like that, you have to earn your stripes. It doesn't matter if you're Lionel Messi or someone who's making their first appearance. They still they still want to see you do it in their colours. Yeah.
1: And the thing is as well, you re, with PSG, it's you know it's Champions League or bust. Mm. Like time and again. They'll all be failures. They're all failures. Yeah. Like got, because people don't trust that league, do they? In terms even of the with Mbappe, he you know,
0: if, he, if he goes off to Real Madrid, they won't look at him as a PSG legend forever, I'm sure, because he hasn't
1: brought them the golden goose that they yeah, are all craving. Totally. So, uh, yeah, the the move to PSG is now causing big problems with Messi's trip to Saudi Arabia being problematic. He's having to do apologies in, in a suit. Looks like he's sort of had to do detention or something. And the trip to Saudi Arabia looks like it will stop PSG from offering me a new contract to Messi, who I don't think wanted it anyway. Um, but it'll be interesting to see if he does make his way back to Barcelona. The big ripple of all of this could be that he actually returns to Barcelona on that big pay cut. I did look at the odds, and it is—it was there a while back, and it's still there. the The leading, um, the leading thing to to sort of put money on is any Saudi Arabian team. And sort of, al Hilal are now sort of bumping up to like 500 million in terms of the deal that they want to put forward. So it will be interesting to see what he does. If he does that, do you think, you will you have any interest in it? No. No. I, I don't like,
0: Ronaldo for me, I, I mean, not that I particularly cared in the first place, but I don't, I don't know. I, I see this Saudi thing as almost... Pointless. It's obvious that it's for money. You're not going there for the footballing integrity. No. I, I have no issue with Ronaldo going and getting paid. Like if if you want to do that, but I don't. I don't personally think that. And it's an easy thing for me and you to say. He doesn't need the money. Like surely he just wants to see out his career at a place where he knows he has a chance of winning things,
1: where he's adored. I It'll... think the one-upmanship on Ronaldo, which he would never reveal, which because you, you don't really hear from him anyway. That, alongside the fact that he wants a quiet life afterwards, mm. will mean that he just doesn't need it. He just he doesn't, doesn't care. Yeah, yeah. I think he might make that move and not go. And then again, you just point the finger at Ronaldo and go, look, he took the money, I did exactly.
0: it's very much one or the other, isn't it? Oil and water.
1: Yeah. Another great one from the past. JJ Okocha, PSG to Bolton. Uh, Okocha oh. left PSG for Bolton in 2002 he wanted... The big thing was that he wanted to play in the Premier League and, and so Allardyce went and met him in Paris. Didn't bring him to Bolton, which I think is a shame. And they actually had a new stadium at the time. This was, they were on the first, weren't they, to sort of mm-hmm. change, change up the stadium. The Reebok, the Reebok that's right. And... Didn't they didn't think they were going to get him, and then after the World Cup, he then goes, "No, I want to play in the Premier League." And but so Bolton had Akotcha, Jorge and Ivan Campo. I think he had Hierro as well yeah, at some did. stage, right? All in the squad, which meant that they uh, were very very easy on the eye. It just had good. You know, good vibes, as you've said. Uh, There have been repercussions of this team for years because it... And I agree with this. It is a get-out-of-jail card for Allardyce whenever someone talks about that that negative football. I think that... I reckon that team and those signings... Because even if he'd finished sixth or whatever, I think the sort of... The fun of it all, I Mm. think that's given him at least four or five more jobs. If he just does it with, with Kevin Davis... Then exactly, it, it,
0: it's like, well, that's just, it's like Tony Pulis. I, imagine Tony Pulis had had J.J. Okocha and Joel Kaev, et cetera. Yeah. The view of him would be a bit different. Like, J.J. Okocha is the ultimate streets won't forget footballer up there with a Delta Rapt, for Agreed. me. Agreed. You know, that little dance on the pitch. Do you remember when Allardyce and him did that little... Yeah, yeah, fancy yeah, yeah, football? yeah. It just brought the fun element of, of Sam Allardyce out. For sure. You know? and, and that team, you know, it gets said a lot. The sports science element to it, the forward-thinking coaching... They they were a disruptor. It, yeah. it, it's mad to think now. Obviously, they're down there in League One and they're struggling to get back to that level. But that Allardyce team, for, for me anyway, was was sort of not the same as your Brightons and your Brentfords now, but I'm they sick. they felt very similar.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was it was more like Brentford with Ivan Tony mm-hmm. than it was a Brighton in terms of you know top quality football. But again, you kind of you did allow for you know the Jokewes and and JJ Kotcher. To, to be in that team. But, yeah, an amazing free transfer that they were able to get him. And, yeah, probably has been a card that he's been able to play over the years, Aladice, well, so Dice. Although he's had a good managerial career. I don't want to have too much of a go just in case he comes on the podcast. Paul Pogba to Man United, the first time... Uh, sorry, Man United to Juventus, the first time. Pogba moved from Man United to Juventus in uh, 2012 because he didn't have trust in the manager. That was Sir Alex Ferguson at the time and wasn't really getting the chances that he wanted. The move also came down to Mino Raiola who had an argument with... Um Sir Alex Ferguson, is this the argument that spelled the end for Pogba's first stint? Quite possibly. And if he had a different agent, where would Pogba be now? He then goes on to be absolutely fantastic for Juventus in Serie A. There's a great ripple effect of a free agent there. Keep listening. So he goes to Juventus, he's amazing there, wins titles there, which means that Man United then break the English transfer record to get him back at, uh, for 89 million. But he ultimately and people will probably get angry at this, but he does, he ultimately flops, which means that due to the club not being in a great place, and doesn't put them in a great place. The money spent on Pogba then has repercussions with the board. They then have to be sort of stingy after this purchase because they spent so much on him. He then rejoins Juventus six years later on a free transfer again, only for him to have his season destroyed by injuries, which could mean that Juventus terminate his contract and he becomes a free agent again this summer. Funny old career for Paul Pogba. I was listening to Under the Kosh and it had the, the kit man from Man United and he was asking about Paul Pogba and he was, because I kind of trusted his view on it. He was saying that he just, everything we kind of wondered about him was like, does he you know does he really want to be the best? Mm. He kind of said that he didn't really, just didn't have that that in him. But then, I mean... <laughs> or was he let down by his own transfer fee because because he, they weren't able to build around him?
0: I, I just feel like He was a player that was at Manchester United at the wrong time for all sorts of different reasons. I'm not suggesting that he would have been more at home in the era when they were winning stuff with your Keens and your Skulls and your Beckhams Mm. because obviously that was its own sort of, I don't know, climate in itself. But I think he, alongside personalities like Zlatan Ibrahimovic, like Cristiano Ronaldo in this most recent spell, they've become like the poster boy for the disruption behind the scenes. Right. And I, f- for my money at least, it- it's very easy under the Graham soonest memes with where's Pogba and all of this. Sure, it yeah, it yeah. just became a bit of a
1: self-fulfilling prophecy. I think with him, I don't think he was a problem, but I don't think he was the solution. No. That's the thing for me. I think he, was, I, he obviously was liked by the group. He obviously, like, the vision, I think I remember the group games of Euro 2021, it was 2020, you know what I mean, I remember just thinking, wow, like what, what mm. a player. But as you were chatting there, I was thinking, you know, in terms of elite football and being, you know, one of the best, can you see him in any starting and thriving in any iconic team of the last, last 15, 20 years? I don't see him in that realm. Maybe the Real Madrid team, you can pop him in where Cruz was, you know, maybe... I don't know. See, that's what I mean. Maybe a Man City team you could have found a way through. Maybe now, if you had Casemiro, Eriksson, and him, but are you are you missing some legs there? I, I just I feel like his career could have been so different if he
0: hadn't left Manchester United the first time, and if he felt like he had the love of the coaching staff as a far younger player. Mm-hmm. Because he returned to Manchester United with this star power, and immediately. Manchester United fans, his teammates. It's all on his shoulders. Exactly. Isn't it? But yeah. but it's not necessarily the case for me where he couldn't have gone on and, and carried that club on his shoulders. I just don't think he necessarily felt in the right frame of mind at that time. Mm. You know, it is obviously it's the name of the podcast, the ripple effect. But if you as a twenty year old win a title and you are pivotal to it, it gives you that sense of belonging, it gives you that sense of belief in yourself at that particular football club. And I think it was always hyped up, this homecoming. You know, it was never going to be as easy as that because of the situation that Manchester United found themselves in at that point.
1: Yeah, and and the and the players around him just weren't totally up for it, or couldn't. You know, you have different strengths in a team, and I think for him, defensively, there's a weakness there. It feels like in transition, there's a weakness there. I don't think he reads the game defensively very well. So he needed those right bodies around him, but he also needed someone to be able to get the ball to him so he hmm. didn't have to drop drop as deep as he sometimes did because you wanted him a little bit higher at the pitch. You wonder if a team with him and Scholes in it or him and Carrick in it could have been quite fun just for a year or so. A bit like Perlo for, for Juventus obviously probably helped him through and allowed him to stay higher at the pitch. Anyway, interesting free agent there. Thiago Silva, PSG to Chelsea. This is, I mean, stunning. He's done so well for them. Signed up for, He was 35, signed in 2020. He has since been their best defender by a mile and actually prevented them from sliding down the league even further. I think this season he's had a great year. He's reportedly going to stay at PSG due to having played a big part of the run to the final of the Champions League in 2020, um, but didn't, of course. And so where would Chelsea have been if they hadn't signed him? He was part of that Champions League final team, but went off injured in the 39th minute. But again, I, th- I think you could sort of take away his effect because of the, it being the 39th minute, but I'm not sure they get to that point without his brilliance. Uh, he's had 81 appearances for them, and of course, as a free, a free signing of 35-year-old, he's been amazing. And the ripple effect of not having him may be that Potter would have been sacked even earlier, or potential Tuchel would have been sacked even earlier. Or, I wonder as well, would there have been bigger moves when it comes to the centre-backs? Would Rudiger have stayed? Would they have found a way? Would they have got Koulibaly earlier? It's all
0: possible, isn't it? I, possible. I think he is such a a unique character within the game because i mean we go back to the whole personality of chelsea in my perspective anyway he suits them down to the ground a proven winner will do everything he can to be on the winning side every single week. Bought into the Chelsea ethos immediately. I remember he was either injured or suspended in one particular game, and he was up in the stands, you know, properly giving it limbs when they scored a goal or won a game. And and I remember thinking, this is exactly what Chelsea fans want. Someone that's been there, seen it, done it, but has bought in, even though he is new to the club. Yeah, yeah. And he has continued that. You know, admittedly, he's getting on. He's not going to last forever.
1: Great fit for for Chelsea in terms of Glenn Hoddle, mm-hmm. Rude Hullit, Desai, exactly. those kind of players as well. He fits that, you know, he's got that glamour about him. Amazing signing. Another one when it comes to Chelsea with a great ripple effect. Denver Bar, West Ham to Newcastle. Right, here we go. One of the most interesting free transfers. Despite signing for West Ham in January, he left six months later as he invoked a release clause in his contract following on from West Ham's relegation. He then went on to sign for Newcastle with Everton, who were also keen on signing him. He goes on to score 29 goals in 54 Premier League appearances for Newcastle, which sees Chelsea sign him in January 2013. He then goes on to capitalise on Gerrard's Slip. <laughs> a year later one of our I, I i keep forgetting what the phrase is for it but we realise over the ripple effect there are certain sort of um, ground zero ripple effects mm-hmm. so Coutinho going to Barcelona is one uh, Malpai taking out Burnt Leno is one and uh, the Gerard slip sort of roads lead to yeah, the Gerard slip the a blueprint. lot of time. exactly and West Ham so had West Ham never have gone down none of this would have happened and Liverpool would have had a title with Gerard shame Uh, We are going to be talking about the free agents who are available to buy now for your club after this. Right, first up, we've got a long list of free agents and big names who are going to be making their way, making a move or not, as Dan would like to believe. First of which... Is Wilfred Zaha seven goals and two assists this season? Injuries along the way this year, not the final season, if it is to be the final season that you would have wanted with Wilfred Zaha. First question, and I know again, we've got Finn, who's our editor, who's listening, he's a Crystal Palace fan as well. He's got his, his Palace shirt on with Zaha on the back right now, and it, there's gonna be a tear just gently dropping from his eye, I'd imagine. Explain to me what Wilfred Zaha means. To Crystal Palace, man. Have you got three hours? I don't. I've I got mean, half an hour. <laughs> so,
0: I I have a very very deep relationship with Wilfred Zaha and Crystal Palace for a multitude of reasons. Like, I understand that he is a marmite character. I understand that people feel as though he has this attitude problem. That he's got a chip on his shoulder. The guy has come through our academy. He made his first real splash in the Palace First team in what was Steve Parrish and CPFC 2010's first game in charge. He scored two goals in a win at home to Leicester after we'd avoided extinction as a football club. He has been other than the spell with Manchester United and on loan at Cardiff, from there, ever present, he has carried the club on his back through numerous seasons in the Premier League. He is our leading all-time Premier League goalscorer. He grew up down the road from the ground. He gives back money and time to South London relentlessly and will do pretty much forever. And even though people will say, what's he won? What's he got to show for it? To us, you you couldn't want anyone else. Because his bad attitude, as people like to spin it, is a desire to win for Crystal Palace. He doesn't like the inferiority complex of us just making up the numbers. He goes out to win every single week. And when the chips have been down, he has been there and dragged us through so many times. Mm. I I could reel off 20 now. I won't because we've got a limited period of time to talk. (laughs) But it's obviously easy from an outsider's point of view to look at Wilf and think, yeah, but you know, is he worth the money? It's not, a, it's an intangible. You, you can't explain to a non-Palace fan what Wilfred Zohar means to the overall feel of the football club because he yeah. embodies us. So,
1: Yeah, I think that that's a bit, as someone who, I like, I lived in, I mean, it's not Crystal Palace, but I lived in South London for a bit, well, for about six years and like, that, the feeling of him as a player is something that I, I would imagine has inspired so many players from that area of London. An area of London that, it's incredible like that the sort of, this might be the wrong phrase, but the sort of cage culture of, mm-hmm. of um, you know, playing football in tight spaces and having that ability to not utilise your brain, but almost get your brain out of the way and just let your feet talk through having an outrageous amount of skills, you know, to, to call upon. And I think that's the thing for me with Zaha as a player, is especially as, as a QPR fan who, I think, look, QPR, Chris has have gone into the distance now but QPR the dream is to be a Crystal Palace and often in your history the team will let you down Mm -hmm. so it has to rely upon certain players to to give you a reason to go at some points right and Zaha I'll, I'll use an example of a game against Crystal Palace I remember my dad I won't give you the full story in terms of why he did it but there was a moment an outrageous moment where he nutmegs Darren Ambrose and he turned to me and he said, you could be a Crystal Palace fan. This is before Hazard, though. He said, you could be a Crystal Palace fan and you could buy a season ticket and you won't see what a Delta rap does in one half of football in the entirety of a full season. And we've had seasons like that, right? So when you have those players, you know, I had it with a Eze, a player that when he gets the ball, you're just going to hold your breath for a second. Gives you joy. Gives you joy, gives you a chance. Gives you moments, gives you just an outrageous amount of flair that makes you laugh because it's just yeah. so it's outrageous. Hilarious. Yeah. Like he, I get it, man. Like also, he's so important.
0: Sorry to interject. No, go for it. But the combative nature of Zaha is the differentiator because is a fantastic footballer, but he is like a swan. Elegant, yeah. Right? Wilf, He's labelled as this diver. There is one particular goal I always point to when people call him that. It was against Bournemouth last game of the season. We won the game 5-2 or 5-3. I can't remember. He got nearly assaulted off the ball twice and continued to run. Played in Andros Townsend. We scored. When he is on his game, when he has got that fire in his belly, he will not be denied. Mm. You know, And that in itself is very much... It's obviously easy for me to say as a South Londoner, but it embodies South London culture. Right. It's very much like I will back myself against anyone, yeah. not just from a skill perspective, but from a, a controlled aggression as well. And, and that is is why he means so much to all of us.
1: I love it, man. Yeah. So in terms of him being a free agent, because there's always been this talk about that certain amount of money as like a failed move in 2019 from Everton, I think Palace demanded 100 million for him at the time, which again, people will laugh at, but I I also think you've got to remember, anyway, we talk about Pogba, but you give him, you uh, give him a bit of leeway because it's Pogba in that team. With Zaha, it's Zaha in that team and I think some, there's two spins on it and we'll get to where he could go, but some people go, oh, if he goes to a team that dominates all the time, he's not going to have the space to do what he wants to do. But again, like, at Crystal Palace, his numbers won't stack up to those other guys because you haven't got the same amount of opportunity. He gets doubled and tripled up on every week. Yeah.
0: Without fail. Less so now because of Elise and Yeah, yeah. But for a four or five year spell, yeah. there were numerous totally games. Two or three. And you couldn't him. win without him, could you? No, well, but that's sort of skewed because we okay. barely ever played without him. You know, he was so, he, he's got an incredible ability to recover from injuries. Less so now because he's on the wrong side of 30, but he used to play injured Weekly, really? It was incredible.
1: So, do you think there's any way with a new managerial appointment you can convince him to stay?
0: Two hundred grand a week is a lot of money over four years. That turned out, right. I, I, you know, people will say, and I don't necessarily blame them. It's a ridiculous amount of money to yeah, be offering is a thirty-year-old.
1: Otherwise, that feels like bad business, obviously.
0: Yeah, for a al- thirty-one-year-old. Although, and I, I completely see both sides of this. I don't think. That it is bad money when you consider how much it would cost to sign a direct replacement. You know, and Ishmael Assar is, is an example of a player that we could go and potentially get. Mm-hmm. You've got to spend 20 million up front. The wages are going to be sizeable. I don't think he gives you the same output as Wilfred Zaha in a Palace shirt. And by the time you've spent 20 million pound plus wages, you're spending more over four years than if you just give him the 200
1: grand in the first place. Yeah. I think mean, the one I keep going back to is Adam O'Le- Lookman, that peckham boy. I Put him alongside like, him, Elise and Essay just having some fun. He was very... Like,
0: we were we were in for him at one point when he was at Charlton, and I think... I, I could be wrong here, so don't shoot me down, but I'm pretty sure we offered more money than Everton did to Charlton, and they took
1: Everton's offer. Oh, interesting. Because of the... He's had an amazing season at Atlanta. Mm. I, he's think, a, he's a I think he's talent. a great I think he'd be a great shot for you. Different, but... we
0: got I, Jezerin Raksaki as well, remember, who's been unbelievable for Charlton. Okay. But he plays on the right, which is obviously the same position as Michael Elise.
1: That's a big jump to... you know. Yeah, of course. And, and, and I'm not, I'm not well suggesting
0: right. he can necessarily make that. But there are other players. Marco Mebioi sort of there.
1: Yes, that's a good point. He's a good player. I he sort of him. flopped
0: at Hull, but I'm not really sure nah, There's still a the player in there for sure. I think there's a player in there.
1: We, Hull's a, w- a odd. Um, <laughs> sorry, not the put place. That, put that as the headline. Not the place, the just like the, the team. Uh, if he is to go, is there a team for you that you feel would be a good fit for him? For me, th- there's a... I feel like Villa or Newcastle could be really good fun for him. Uh, yeah,
0: so if you if you speak to Newcastle fans, they already feel as though they've gone beyond Wilf. Which and I understand it, you get neutrals that sort of downplay his impact. Right. If you're going to compare and contrast Wilfred Zaha to Alan St-Maximin, I would not have Alan St-Maximin within a million miles of his impact on Crystal Palace. Like, obviously, I would
1: choose Zaha over I, I'm not
0: so suggesting that he's going to go to Newcastle and do in their side what he has done for us. But I always go back to it as well. Arsenal chose to spend £72 million on Nicolas Pepe when we said we wanted 50 for Wilf. And yeah. I cannot for the life of me see a single person that feels they made the right choice there. You know, <laughs> I, it, it's just, he's when he's on his game, he is unplayable. And admittedly, you know, his whole way of being has is, is probably shifted now that he's on the wrong side of 30. But for us, for what he means on and off the pitch, it's
1: still, for me, his yeah. value for and money. And I, th- I think there are times when, in terms of give you an answer, give you answer now, like Casemiro, Casimir is too old, right? But you know what you're gonna get, and I think with Zaha, Premier League proven. I and I think the great thing about him is it's not like um, it's not like he's a player who's kind of gone and done it, and he's kind of on Riyad Mahrez, for example. Say Riyad Mahrez goes to someone else, he might kind of just not have that hunger. Zaha has got unfinished business at the top of the league, and yeah. I think that could be that could be a really uh, you know interesting thing for him. His agent was spotted at a Federbache game recently. Don't do it, Zaha. There's no chance. Don't do that. Arsenal and Bayern, uh, rumored to be keen as well. which would be interesting. Bayern, it could be
0: fun. If, if he goes anywhere, I would far rather it was abroad. Yeah, I, I, I can't. He... I can't be watching him. Oh, play. If he breaking, goes to Chelsea or something, I'll be suicidal. He
1: can't go. To, he can't go to Chelsea. They're, they've got too many players in that position. You can't uh, Madueke. You can't. You can't. Don't worry. He was in our to... academy himself. Yeah. He, uh, yeah. Don't worry about. Chelsea. But Arsenal and Bayern linked with him, that'd be interesting. Would that move around Saka a little bit? Or is it, again, it's about that depth maybe? But I, I think wherever he wants to go, he wants to play. Also loosely linked with Tottenham. I don't see that.
0: Kudusevsky, yeah. Richarlison, Son. Agreed. I, I
1: just don't see it. Agreed. I, I think there's the problem you've got with Newcastle is, is Gordon. I think there's something with Villa though. I think there's something there. I'm not sure he'd go you know.
0: Genu- i think i think if he is going to leave palace it will be for a club that can challenge for a title now mm. and the only way you're going to do that and get minutes is to go to a dortmund or a bayern or somewhere even maybe a marseille John you know. Dortmund's
1: not not a bad shot. Can they afford him? That's the other thing. Is what does he, he want? What does he want? Does he want that last payday. He's very well. If he wants pain, right? if he
0: wants paying, he'll stay, stay at, at Palace. Palace. If okay. he doesn't, and he and he truly wants to test himself at the best level possible, go and play for Dortmund.
1: Absolute scenes if he, if he stays, isn't
0: it? Oh, I would cry, <laughs> really. I'm, I'm telling you now, we're playing Forest this weekend, last game of the season. He's not going to be fit. I, I w- if he grabs the microphone and does like the Leonardo DiCaprio, I would yeah. oh! be beside myself. Be you so don't understand like, the levels to which I care for that man. Yeah. He texts me the day my son was born. He texts me Did on my he? wedding Are day. Are you serious? No, th- this guy is is top. Wow. Text me congratulations the day my son was born. No way. Yeah. Well, People don't know this stuff, man. He gives 10% of his wages the charity has done since he was turned pro at 17.
1: That's amazing. Why do people not know this stuff?
0: I don't... I'm a one-man Yeah, yeah. Yeah, fair
1: enough. Uh, we've got to talk about Lionel Messi now. I don't really want to do it. Like, we've kind of done it already, and I, like, we're in a good place with Zah. I don't want to just talk about all the money. Um, yeah... I, uh, no, I'm moving on. <laughs> I'm not having it. I just don't... know. Like we're in a nice place there. I don't want to the running it. order. I don't want to... We've spoken about Messi. Where should he go? It probably goes, go where the money is. Who cares? Go to Palace if you want the money. It, oh, red and, that, it's red and blue, that it? Messi. It's red and blue. <laughs> imagine that. Imagine that. Ooh. What was our for, whole replacement? For vibes only, where should Messi go? It's got to be Barcelona. It's got to be it? Napoli, isn't it? I always think <laughs> any, any vibe signing is always Napoli. That's always the answer for me. Everybody. That would be fun, though. Imagine if you just fancied that. Go to Napoli. Really exciting. Probably with uh, Kovaric. I, d- I don't think do they would do it. No, I don't think they'd touch him either. Which is, ah, uh, would it? Would that
0: cloud Maradona a little bit?
1: No, because
0: Maradona picked them up when they
1: were no one. Not, but like you're kind of like prototyping it. I don't know. It feels dangerous now I think about it. Let me know guys on Twitter. Do you agree with Messi to Napoli? Would that be fun? I mean, they it are an exciting team.
0: It would undeniably be fun, but I don't think you can never have the impact on Napoli that Maradona had. It's impossible. It's true.
1: Ilkay Gundogan. That's too bad. Underrated as a player, by the way. Like, if you have a look at his like, FB ref, like, in terms of non-penalty goals, he's in the top 1%. Is he? Which you kind of forget. He will always he can always step up. He's like a little ghost. He's Casper. like a, yeah, he's like a little ghost. Like watching him last week and and generally I I find myself I don't know if you have this. You sort of watch a game of football and you go, "No, I'm going to watch you. I'm going to yeah. watch you for a bit." And Gundogan is one that I I'm generally I I get hard for uh, centre midfielders generally, but uh, Gundogan in terms of like especially players that don't aren't strong or tall or yeah. Quick and he's kind of none of those things. And you do sometimes think, why did Pep, why is Pep stuck with him so long? Because he was injured for ages, yeah. Early at the start, sort of in and out, wasn't he? But he's been there seven years now, and his contract's kind of coming up to end. Do you think if they don't win the treble, he would look to sign again, or if they do win the treble, it's one of those where a bit like the Harry Kane effect, where he's he's gone past the the Tottenham all time greatest goalscorer, so. Now is the time to go. Do you think you kind of draw a line there?
0: I, I, I personally view Manchester City's players because of Pep in a slightly different guise to everyone else because I, I think there's a lot of them that just love working with him and they know that whoever they go and play for now, it's not Pep. Life it's, will like, never the, be it's the same like the it's like yeah. thing. Yeah, these disciples that that see this as like the gold standard. Like I watched him away at Everton for Man City the other day. He put a ball on Erling Haaland's head that was perfect. The free kick was like a little pitching wedge. Yeah. It was unbelievable. The the goal
1: he scored the thigh. Yeah. The thigh. Oh, no, the little I forgot about that. The turn. The, the thing about the thigh Is he in a split second he understands that the best way to touch the ball is to straighten his leg which is not what anyone ever does you would never thigh the ball with a straight leg but he knows that that's the right one I I don't know
0: about you I'm watching it thinking before I saw the replay I wasn't even sure how he'd done it because you have this mindset of how a goal like that might be scored but
1: on first viewing it looked like a FIFA glitch
0: yeah (laughs) I I was like how's that gone in the net that's watching Man City really so yeah he's an incredible footballer
1: Barcelona are keen on signing him apparently uh they are. are there any Premier League clubs that you think could try and convince him any chance of reuniting with Klopp? Do you think Pep he can't I heard. nothing you can do about that. I heard or Arteta.
0: The Arsenal want him. but then at the same time, there was one particular city fan, I can't remember who it was, who was like you can have Zinchenko, you can't have Gundogan. Yeah. And I I get that.
1: What? What? But if he's a free agent, he's a free no, agent. No, no, but
0: they, from an emotional
1: perspective, they were like, it's all right. Yeah, you can have the off-cuts. You're not like having it. You can him. have the prime piece of meat. Yeah, I get what you mean. The thing that, if you think of how Arsenal play, mm. Xhaka has been fantastic in that role. Absolutely brilliant in that role. And none of us knew that he was right for that role. In terms of players available that could play in that role better than him. Yeah, Gundogan is definitely... Gundogan one is, yeah. I,
0: I feel like... <laughs> I mean, for me, Arsenal are going to have to strengthen because of the Champions League, because of their squad in general. If they're if they going to be there or thereabouts in a title race at the end of next season, they're going to have to strengthen. But if they bring in Declan Rice and Gundogan, they can 100%, for me, still be there or thereabouts. I do think they are both game-changing signings for Arsenal.
1: Yeah, well, it looks like Xhaka's leaving as well. So there is, there's, a, there's a hole there. And it, Declan Rice... I wonder about it. I don't know what his best position is in that in that Arsenal setup. I think what's good with Arteta is he's kind of bought hybrid players mm. who can play in two positions, and Arteta will know what he thinks is best. And maybe it is that he's like a, he's a Jacker, but he's just got so much more running, and you can drive from deep a little bit more. Or he's Thomas Partey and can be that because you know we saw that at the World Cup that he can be that mm. deep line playmaker as well. I'm intrigued to know how Declan Rice. Totally works. It does work, but some I don't know something I know gives what you me mean. the ick a little bit about it. Gundogan, the the problem with Gundogan, you, you then think is isn't it amazing that the only team that can compete with <laughs> with Man City is the one that pinches all their all
0: their players, all their
1: players. But then I suppose that's the standard that's being
0: set, isn't it? You know, in order to win Premier League titles, particularly given the fact they've won five of six now, yeah. You know, there's there's a lack of title winning experience throughout the rest of the league there are a lot of players that right. haven't done it yeah, yeah you know whereas this city squad
1: they've got that mentality in terms of you know if you were able to get him which again i don't as long as it can be done amicably and if good one wants to do that go live in london i imagine he would enjoy that as well if he goes to arsenal what what you do have there is you have that composure mm. It bring that calm, we, yeah, which is something we, you know, we chatted about in the last podcast in terms of the defining moments. You didn't have that with Zinchenko and Gabriel Jesus, Jesus in terms of his style of play. Gundogan prov- would certainly provide that for that for that group, and would just be perfect in that sort of left half space. He's very serene. He is so serene. He's so yeah. He's so elegant. Yeah. He's so elegant. I, I think it'd be interesting, Liverpool. That doesn't fit for me as much. Uh, I no, think. I don't, I don't think there's enough bite in him. Yeah, and yeah, he's, as I say, he's a bit more of a, a sort of ghost kind of player. And I think they probably want to kind of restart in terms of the age mm. of the squad. So I'm not totally sure it's, about it's that. He's very much a win now player. Yeah, I mean, I wonder if he would want to. Ret- would he want to return to Dortmund? Might be an option for him as well. Money, though, um, no, isn't it? But, yeah.
0: I mean. I don't know exactly. But again, Barcelona
1: find. Barcelona could be fun for him as well. And if you think about how Man City play, you know, that's sort of a, you know, another similar version to it that you could go in and a bit like Lewandowski go there to a club that you've probably always wanted and dreamt of, of mm. playing for. So I think it'd be one of those two. But Arsenal's not a bad shout at all. Uh, Adrian Rabio. Eight goals, three assists. Rabio heavily linked with Man United last season. That was an odd time. And Man United every day I was working on Sky Sports News mm. and there'd just be this new out of his mum as well. On Altovich, yeah, a lot of lot of chat about his mum, who is his uh, agent, and is known to cause call... <laughs> this is thing she's known... <laughs> I'm reading this, this is amazing. But it is true that she sort of she's known to cause trouble going in mind. there. Like, I find a mums. Yeah. Um <laughs> do you think like obviously good player? We saw at the World Cup what he can provide. Nice bit of size about him as well. Um, You know, some good stats as well in terms of uh, across other midfielders, top 3% when it comes to non-penalty goals. So, you know, can offer some more output, certainly than he did last season. But he has had uh, problems over the season. Uh, It has been a poor season for Juventus and for him. Do you think that Man United would reignite that interest or do you think they're going to look to move on now? I I feel like Rabiot is is a player that...
0: It's difficult, isn't it? I would never profess to be an expert in Adrian Rabio's ability to come into Manchester United and be that difference maker because I'll be upfront about it. I don't watch him enough to feel like I'd make a, a well-reasoned enough argument. But from everything that I have seen of his career, I just feel like he would be too much of a roll of the dice mm. in terms of all the baggage that he comes with. Totally I think agree. Eric Ten Hag has, has sort of streamlined Manchester United to a place where he's only going to bring in players that he is 100% sure about. And I don't think he, from from my outsider's perspective, necessarily fits that bill.
1: I think, yeah, I totally agree. I think this is an easy one. I, I would stay well away if I was Man United. I think there's more hungry, more malleable players. Is that my phone? Right. Right, but <laughs> I found this on the web. I mean, well, that's, how, <laughs> that's how we all do our research. I so don't. Shut up.
0: Yeah, that's the only reason I'm here.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I just don't see the point. And, you know, look at Brighton and the players that you could have bought in case Caicedo. There's, there's a lot of players out there. There's a lot of footballers there that could do that job and, and, and behave the way you want them to behave. And mm. that is always a question mark around him. So I just wouldn't go near that. I think generally the rule is don't buy Juventus midfielders. Liverpool's free agent quartet. Cater for Mino, Milner, and Ox. Cater. Kater's a funny one.
0: A lot of people have said we should go for
1: him, you know. Well, uh, yeah, so you are linked with him. I don't think it works. I would be concerned about I mean he's linked with Dortmund again as well, I think. The thing with Kater is he's going to cost a lot, mm. I would imagine in terms of wages. You would assume. And you can't trust him I think the negotiations will be interesting for whatever club he wants to go to and also what does he want is he fed up of not playing and not being important because that's the truth like when it comes to cha- and Liverpool fans will scream at that fine but when you look at those Champions League games when it, they've not gone well and he's played the first person to be taken out is Kater. and that does affect you as a player there's no doubt that there was a player in there and at times his, his stat I, I never saw it eye test wise but stats wise he was often quite impressive but for not long periods of time, feels like a dangerous one for me, Kato. Again, like if you're not fit, you're not it. You got to, like you got to be available, and he's not been enough, and and that's why it's not worked. Because generally, Liverpool get it right.
0: Well, I think you know you can look towards Klopp and the whole story of his time at Liverpool. He has had players that have become intrinsic to this high energy style. They. Their difference makers in games, even players like Divock Origi, I know it's a completely different position, yeah. but they've had big moments. I don't feel like Naby Keita has ever really become the sort of player that Liverpool fans can can get behind fully, and I, I do think that's a very underappreciated part of football.
1: I think that's a horrible. That midfield spot is one of the hardest places, like in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. That like Wijnaldum did a good job, uh, but overall his output wasn't outrageous. And I think they're looking for that De Bruyne guy. Yeah. You know, Harvey Elliott's come in, um, Fabio Carvalho's come in. They're all sort of pretenders to the crown. Yeah, and I don't think he's totally figured out what he wants to do with that team. And of course, they've they've moved it about as well. They've seen what Brighton and Man City have done. They've you know copied it to a point with Trent, and it looks it looks nice. Like, mm. it, like, I think there's there's going to be moments with that. And actually, I think the focus, the the big question for me in terms of their recruitment, which no one's really talking about, is how good is Canate? Is he good enough to fill in those spaces behind Trent? I think in time, the whole team will have more chemistry without the ball um, to deal with it. But there's still going to be those moments where you're going to have to be really impressive one-on-one. And I wonder if Kanate is, is capable of that. But Keita will move on. Uh, and I don't think Liverpool will miss him too much. And I think ultimately he has failed. There's been a failure of the signing. One that hasn't, and there was a free transfer, Milner, who's uh, going to Brighton. I thought he'd go to Liverpool uh, Leeds, you know. Did you? Well, they going yeah. down? So, well, yeah, true. But I mean, he could have gone there, had done a little Nicky Bambi, get him back up. Would have been fun. Didn't it's fancy that. He's going to play forever. I, Milner's obviously been having a chat with uh, Lallana. I wonder, and sort of making his way over there. Be interesting to see what happens there, uh, and and how how well he does there, and how many minutes he plays. I guess it's probably the end of Lallana now. Um, how do you feel about uh, Milner? Do you think he should have stuck around one more year? Again, is it is it just the end now? I think he has had
0: such a, a long career at the very top you know someone that is I mean I say not appreciated enough I think everyone appreciates what James Milner has brought to Liverpool and to football generally over a long period of time but the Brighton one is a very interesting move for me because they are still very much an upwardly mobile club yeah and he can give them that experience that know-how you know I often get frustrated I watch him and I think how has he not been booked for that Because he just clatters people. But because he's James Milner, it's like he's got this aura. Right. And I I think it's a very savvy move from Brighton because you look at their recruitment, they've gone down the path of having young lads that have come in with with something to prove, but he is the complete opposite end of the scale. So you talk about that experience that Arsenal are lacking, and I'm not suggesting he would be a good signing for them because of his you know waning powers sure. but for a club like brighton that are looking to get into europe and and make a difference i think
1: it's a very very good move totally i agree with you and and yeah stepping into europe and maybe not totally knowing what what mm. they're doing as a collective you know you know he's such a leader there in the dressing room it's yeah huge, yeah. yeah i think those intangibles i think and these clubs are smart enough to understand the the, the power of that it's not um he's not going to be he's not going to be a problem no like that, that's the great thing and they will look to him
0: as, as someone that, that they can lean on in moments like for that
1: for sure for sure and and Actually, in terms of navigating the Europa League as well, it might be one where, you know, he doesn't need to play every game. No. He can play in a lot of different positions. Do you know I could imagine him doing a really good job as an uh, inverted right-back? Yeah. I could see him starting there and then moving inside. casada has been doing it a, a bit this year. He could go and do that. I think, yeah, it's, and actually the more we talk about it, the Leeds thing, you know, it's going to be a mid-table team. You get another year in Europe. Europa League could be fun also for him as well. Also,
0: Leeds are total chaos at
1: the moment. True. Yeah, no, but I think you know at his stage of his career, mm. I think it's uh, it was on the it should have been on the table should have it been it wasn't. and and Ox as well uh, Oxlade Chamberlain will be making his way. So these four Liverpool players will leave at the end of the season. The ripple of this could be that Liverpool are able to rebuild properly and actually finish the new style of football Klopp has started implementing. I'm, I've still not totally seen the final picture of it, but I'm intrigued to see that next year. I think they will bounce back um, somewhat. With three central midfielders leaving, could a solution be to play Trent in central midfield and purchase a right-back? Could that, that be the focus? Milner looks set to sign for Brighton. Could the ripple be that he will be the next manager of Brighton? I think it's maybe a little bit, of, a little bit in the distance. Also, I guess the bigger question is, how long is he going to play for? Is he a 40-year-old Premier well, League player? You i mean, be he's surprised, almost, would you? I think it
0: was last pre-season, he was top of the bleep test again. Exactly. He's superhuman with that. I so, see. But then, I suppose... If you're going to do your badges and you're going to learn your trade in terms of coaching, what it's an ideal place to, place to do yeah, it. You know, totally. there's total stability there. As much as it pains me,
1: mm. Oxley Chamberlain will be an interesting one. I could. Uh, there's a few teams you could see him at, and I think he needs to be careful with that because I could see, I could see him at certain clubs where it's not going to feel right and it will go wrong quickly. Um, there could be a return to Southampton it Would be interesting if you fancied that. Is he a Palace one?
0: Someone said that the yeah. other day. I, I I don't know. It depends for me largely on on the financial situation there because let's be realistic. He hasn't played a lot of football for a, a long period of time now, mm. and I think the idea of Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain in essence is great. The reality, maybe, particularly at a club like ours, where you can't have too much fat on the bone. You know, you have to be aware of your financial constraints and, and yeah. players playing regularly. I'm just not sure it would it would be a transfer that would capture the imagination in the way that it should.
1: Yeah, I'm intrigued to see where he ends up uh, because, obviously, another one struggled with uh, with fitness here. Uh, another one, now, obviously, just to talk about really, really quickly. I mean, amazing career at Liverpool. And again, someone who's got a lot to offer another Premier League club. But would he... I don't think he would. Would he be willing? Where's he going to go? Is he going to head off back to Brazil? Who knows? He's still got a lot to offer. Linked with Barcelona, another one linked with Barcelona. It's going to be interesting to see how they shape up. Three hundred players, yeah, all over thirty. Last one, Yuri Tillemans. Who you know, we were sort of waiting for him to become a free agent for a long time, and looks set to leave Leicester, regardless if they stay up or not. Question for him when it comes to him is, uh, he's been brilliant. Hmm. He's been poor this year. But then, Will he return back to those heights or, or should be, people be wary of him? Because you can't just click your fingers and be great again. I feel like that Leicester squad
0: in general has so much potential and it hasn't been reached at all this year. And he certainly fits into that particular mould. I think he could go to a club that are mid-table and, and really
1: sort of reignite. Well, that was it. So, you know, you could see, you could see the, the best Tillemans fitting Newcastle, Man United, he's been linked with previously. Chelsea, you know, despite all their signing, probably needs to have a little think about midfield as well. Obviously, it's going to be one in one out there, so that could be interesting. I'm intrigued to see the, the status of the club that he goes to and if he gets lost at those clubs. You know, mm. we talked about it earlier with certain players sort of making their way to a club and not getting the time that they need. I think it's a huge move for him next, and I'm intrigued to see if he stays in the Premier League. I hope he does because I really do enjoy watching him play. He'll certainly leave. I keep think I think he'd be great at United. I do.
0: Yeah, probably. I think he really, really would. And he would fit that that sort of ethos that Ten Hag mm. has sort of fostered, I think, over the last twelve months.
1: Yeah, and he's got a nice little mix of that technical ability and Ericsson, They've sort of lent on Eriksen a lot this year, and mm. I think they need someone else who could play as a sort of in a double pivot with Casemiro if you need to or a little bit higher up or be a bit more box to box as well I think he could provide all of those Newcastle I think is a good shout as well actually in terms of having that little bit of extra stardust Daniel it's been a joy
0: my friend thank you very Uh, much where can people find you on Twitter HLTCO on Patreon on YouTube I'm across all three of them
1: okay Uh, that mate lovely to sit down and chat with you it's in person great, it's Happy been great do it
0: again whenever you want lovely
1: that is a verbal contract that is binding <laughs> guys thank you so much for listening to the Ripple Effect I'm really chuffed with this podcast and I'm really quite proud of the scene you know of the talent that is out there we're having amazing conversations every single week if you want to join us every single week then make sure you hit the follow button give us a five star rating if you agree with me and I'll see you next time